This is iUniverse Radio, brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is your opportunity to hear firsthand from authors about their new books. It's an in-depth discussion about the author's passion about the development of his or her story in their own words. It's an inside look into the characters and the plot and how the story all came together. Here is iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, Instructional Technology Tools, a Professional Development Plan. And the author is Robert Furman, and Rob joins us now on iUniverse Radio. Hello, Rob. Hello. How's everybody doing? Great to have you with us, and uh, we're going to learn a lot about technology and school and how teachers need to get their mind around all this. We'll go to get into those details because of the just the help it can bring to not only themselves but their students. You say this. This book is a professional development model that will give teachers and administrators working knowledge of specific technology e-tools and examples of how to incorporate these e-tools into their instructional plans. The many applications and websites discussed in the following pages are the very same items that we were told would change our future when we heard of them 20 years ago. Well, that future is now, isn't it? Absolutely. So you saw a, you, I mean, you must have, as a principal, you've been in the administration now for some nine years. You must have seen the handwriting on the wall. Here's all this technology, but we're not using it, and that's why you've decided to publish? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, um, when you think about education, we have, we have a broad range of, uh, of age groups from those uh, teachers that are just coming out of college to, to those veterans that have been around for, for quite a while. And, and, and I'm sort of in the, in the middle of, the, of that group, and uh, it, it seemed like there needed to be something out there that would bridge that gap between uh, some of the more traditional teachers that, that didn't, uh, weren't born into uh, this, this life of technology and, and, and this younger group that that's, you know, when, when they were born, they already had an iPod in their hands. So um, like I have a three-year-old that, that works computers even better than I do at home. Um, so I think this book was was my way of, of helping to kind of even the playing field to to let everybody see the, the opportunities that are out there uh, with the computer and to give those veteran teachers an opportunity to have a real easy way to follow through the tutorials in the book and to be able to um, ha- have a successful product at the end and realize that it's it's not this ultra mystique type of thing that that's as scary as as it may seem. You know, when, when you're dealing like, like in, in my school, I'm an elementary principal. These kids are all digital natives. They were born into this. They don't know anything else other than having their having their phones and their computers everywhere, I mean, even the tablets. I've got fourth and fourth graders running around with tablets in their hands, you know, hmm. doing these things. Where you know, back in the day when we were there, we didn't have the first clue. That was all Star Trek stuff. Um, so, so now. Um, those of us that are the immigrants, those those of us that were not born into technology, we have some catching up to do. And I think this book is, is an attempt to to help those teachers um, find a way to 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 kind of even the playing field with their students who were born into this. You want to you point out very uh, with a lot of emphasis that 
This book is a practical application book. It's readable, it's usable, and you don't have to have a lot of experience with a computer to understand the book. Right, and I think that's probably one of its uh, biggest benefits. It, it has those tutorials in the middle there that are just step-by-step, step. just follow the simple instructions line by line, and at the end, you get the product. You know, the beauty of working in education is you know, we're all lifelong learners, all the teachers and principals. We, we believe in it so much that, that we want to continue our own learning experience, um, and, and this book does that in a very simple way. Um, you know, principals' lives are, are, are constantly very busy, and um, you know, this is one of those things where you could pick up the book and, and, and 45 minutes later have a, a complete working knowledge of one of those applications. And, you know, as a principal, I need to model, so I've got to be using this technology if I want my teachers to be using the technology. And we certainly know the kids have to be using this technology. With the, the 21st century skills that are out there, um, you know, it, it is so critical that these kids are educated with what they know, and that is using all this technology. So I, th I think it's one of those things that it's going to be a time saver. Um, it is simple and practical. And, and at the end, you know, you can also, if you follow every step in that book, you're going to have uh, an entire year's worth of professional development created uh, for your staff for the, for the following year or whenever you'd want to start it. So that's certainly a, a beautiful benefit to that because, Again, as a principal, my time is limited to know that after getting through this book, I'm going to have a year already created with technology being the theme and knowing how important that is. That's certainly a benefit to me as well. You talk about a day that you call ePro Dev Day. What is that? Absolutely. The, um, the, there, there was a really uh, interesting quote that I found from um, – it's called the World Future Society, with which I belong to, and they're just an amazing group of people that kind of, kind of try to think about uh, the future 10, 20, 30 years from now. And um, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd love to read a portion sure. of it. Sure, go ahead. Um, this, this is from. Uh, it was actually cited from the Chinese web media company Sina on May fifteenth, two thousand eleven, and I found this quote in the Futures magazine, which is. Uh, produced by the World Future Society, and it said, in the future, schools won't have days off for inclement weather anymore. Instead of being given free snow days, homebound students and teachers will conduct lessons online with in-person lessons to resume once the weather permits. In teaching, as in any other human activity, it's always good to have a backup plan. Distance learning, which is clearly spreading, could provide schools with a very convenient bad weather backup. And that's very much what this ePro Dev Day is. It's, it's an opportunity, and here in Pennsylvania, we certainly have our fair share of snow days. Um, if there was a snow day, we have to make that up at the end of the year. A lot of times that becomes problematic for parents and schools because we have to move graduation days, and parents who already uh, set up summer vacation would have to move their dates and those type of things. So we certainly try to keep it at a minimum. Well, if we would do something like this, we could then call that day a professional development day, and the teachers would be able to work off-site at their home and be able to go through um, the ePro Dev plan. And then at the end, we could count that day as one day of professional development. The teachers certainly would get every bit of eight hours of instruction, be it you know, be it um, virtually off-site, but they would still get uh, their eight hours of instruction. They would still be able to verify that they created the project, answered all the questions. Again, they could do that all virtually on, on the forum boards or through email or whatever the case may be, and it would still be a very meaningful day. 
and you wouldn't have to make up the day then. You wouldn't have to attach it to the end of the year or use one of those snow built-in snow days that all of us in the north uh, have to deal with continually. Um, so it's a great opportunity for uh, saving time, making things more convenient, and still getting that ever-important professional development experience in there for the teachers. You talk about e-tools. Now, uh, what exactly uh, are your favorites? Uh, what would benefit teachers the most? Are they easy to deal with? Uh, absolutely. The um, I, I break the e-tools down in the, in the two separate sections in the book. One, uh, there's more... Um, classroom friendly and then there's some that are great for principals more more managerial than that type of thing um in terms of the classroom clearly my favorite is the one called go animate and um i actually have a video of it on my website www.fermanr.com uh, of my son actually using this go animate um particular app and what it is is it's it's a cartoon building tool so <clears throat> you can make your cartoon characters you can have them interacting um, the way my son used it is he just had a singular character come out, and he interviewed the character. So we timed it. Uh, the character would come out, say a few lines, which you just type right into the computer, and it, it regurgitates it in that um, boy, boy computer type of voice. And then my son would ask a live question, and then timed correctly, the computer animated uh, figure would then answer his question. He actually did a book talk uh, using, using the Go Animate. Um, I've seen foreign languages use this a lot, whatever they have to um, create a little scene, um, all, all in Spanish or French, say, and then they have to put it into the Go Animate program and actually create a, a cartoon in Spanish or French or whatever the language was. Um, English teachers get great use out of this, almost like a reader's theater type of thing where the kids are creating their own um, creative writing works and then, and then putting it into the program. And again, that's a huge one for the 21st century skills, the whole idea of that creation and, and, and being creative uh, using the technology. Uh, in terms of managerials, oh boy, I, there, there's so many that I use on a regular basis. Um, you know, Skype is certainly a great one that we use here here in, the, in our district in order to uh, you know communicate with employees off-site so we don't have to necessarily do a whole lot of traveling from building to building. Um, there's a real simple one called 24 at hitmelater.com. You know, I, I get probably two, three hundred emails every couple days. Um, sometimes if I don't, if I need to see something but not right away, it, it'll get buried fairly quickly and I have to scroll all for it. The neat thing about that 24 at hitmelater.com is uh, whatever number you put at the beginning, 1 through 24, and you forward it to that email. So I have an email, I hit the forward button, I hit 5 at hitmelater.com. It will automatically return that email to me five hours later. So if I get something in the morning, and, I, boy, I really want to read it, but I'm really busy, maybe I'll hit it tomorrow, I can send 24 at hitmelater.com, forward that email, and then it, it'll come back to me 24 hours later, and then I can decide what I want to do with it then. So it's a real great way to kind of organize my email box. And I usually use 4, four 12, and 24 uh, if I want to do something after lunch in the evening or, or, or the next following morning, and it kind of keeps my uh, email inbox pretty well organized in terms of when I feel like I can get to that uh, document that I may not have time to get to immediately. So those are a few of my uh, my personal faves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it sounds uh, very obviously uh, very 21st century, very effective. But again, uh, the the feeling may be of the anxiety of our educators. Of do you feel once they've read the book, they're not going to feel this anxiety? 
Um, prob- hopefully not. Let's start there. I would say, you know, hopefully not that the, the tutorials are written well enough that, that, that they'll feel comfortable afterwards. Uh, anxiety is certainly one of those things that, 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 that's a tricky beast because, um, you know, and there are people that are always going to be a little anxious at the computer, but I think, uh, those teachers that, that are dedicated to, to bettering themselves in the profession and being that lifelong learner, um, will accept the anxiety and, and push beyond it. Um, and again, I, I think that's, that's the most amazing thing about our profession is the fact that we're always willing to learn, um, and, and we're always you know, kind of craving that, 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 that next step. And, and this is clearly the next step. So, um, yes, there's going to be anxiety uh, no matter what. But, again, just like anything, the more you do it, the more you, the more you learn to love it and the less the anxiety um, kind of comes, it kind of falls by the wayside. So you know, just keep doing it, and eventually it gets to the point where, where you kind of want to continue and you want to learn it, and you get excited about it instead of anxious. You advocate a bottom-line principle with all of this, uh, and, of course, all administrators, given today's economy and the way the budgets are getting trimmed, uh, this tool, you claim, is going to save money. Oh, absolutely. The um, Just about every tool in there, uh, save for maybe one or two, uh, are free applications. Um, all of the, the, the three that I mentioned, Skype, uh, go animate and uh, 24hitmulator.com. They're all free. They're completely free. Ninety percent of the ones in that book uh, are free, and 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 that's un- unfortunately you know, a very important word for for education because of the budgets being uh, so drastically uh, uh, c- uh, cut up. But um, it's still out there, and you can still find it, and you can still use it. Uh, and, and that's kind of the nice thing about the book, again, is I've already done some of the digging for you. Just go out and, and use these things. It's not going to cost you anything. Um, the, the computer has such an amazing, it's such an amazing resource. Um, we just need to take a little bit of time to, to kind of dig through the, 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 the mounds and mounds of information. Uh, but it's out there, and, and it doesn't have to be uh, ultra-expensive. Um, you know, for example, another one that we use a lot here is Glogster. I mean, the scrapbooking is was such a... A, a cool thing, you know, and it always has been such, such an amazing thing. And you think about classes, we always have to do our little, uh, our little poster board presentations all the time. Well, that's what Glogster is. It's a, it is a uh, free, again, uh, scrapbooking page, but you do it virtually. So instead of making the kids do those poster things, they got to drag them all on the bus and everything, do it virtually. And not only when you do it, it's more convenient, but you also can put on video onto your scrapbook page. You can put twinkly letters onto your scrapbook page. You can put audio files onto your scrapbook page. So it makes it a very uh, meaningful, interactive experience. And again, it's free. Well, as you so emphatically point out, again, uh, the future is now. We used to say someday this will change the way we work, play, and communicate. Well, obviously, the someday is today. What are your closing thoughts? Uh, my closing thoughts would, would, would be to um, take the plunge. And if you haven't already uh, embraced the technology, uh, it is time. It's, it's actually past time. Um, you know, as, as the instructional leaders, I'm kind of talking to the principals, but as the instructional leader of the building, you have to model uh, the, the good technology. You have to model um, your, your passion for, for the 21st century skills. Uh, you have to, and you have to be willing to to find that information and teach yourself, so that you can pass that information along to your teachers, 
and um, and just like you said, the future is now. We have to we have to embrace this uh, for the kids' sake, and and that's why we're all in this profession, and that's why you know I decided to put this book out there because I do uh, find it so important. Um, so the future is now, and, and, and we've got it. We've got to we've got to start. We, we've got to get moving. And this book will give you an opportunity to to do it uh, without a huge amount of anxiety, and and with a uh, a, a nice comfort level. And you know, if anybody who would want to purchase this book, I'm always here. This is obviously a passion of mine. Uh, I'm on Twitter at doctor at dr Furman, doctor Furman. Um, I have my Facebook page, Furman Educational Resources. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on all the all the social media sites. So if, if you need to find me, please do so. Then um, we can work through these things together because I am, uh, I do see its value and I find it very important. And I'll be willing to help anybody who wants to, to join me in the cause. We've been talking with Robert Furman. He is the author of his book, Instructional Technology Tools, a Professional Development Plan. Rob, tell us how to get your book. Uh, if you want to go to my website, www.furmanr.com, right on the front page, there's three links to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iUniverse. You can, uh, you can pick them up at any one of those sites. You can go directly to, obviously, to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and pick it up there. Um, you can contact me, rob at furmanr.com, and I'll be more than happy to, uh, to help you uh, get through the process. Thank you very much, Rob, for being with us on iUniverse Radio. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Ready for the most current feel-good gossip? Then check out Daytime with Donna with your host, Donna Intercastle. And sidekick Nina Fry. Every Friday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. You're simply the best. Better than all the rest. Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com, which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intracasso, check out her website, introinc.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Evermore. People have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. These are the words of Dr. Viktor Frankl, the inspiration for the movie Victor and I. That's V-I-K-T-O-R and I, movie.com. And TalkSense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with host Mary Similuka and frequent contributor Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. More and more people today are discarding their quest for money, possessions, and things, and are instead beginning a serious quest to find meaning in life. Until now, these discussions were historically in the hands of priests, ministers, and scribes, then to philosophers, psychiatrists, and psychologists. Now, these deep discussions are where they should be, in the hands of individuals, on the air, with you. Talk Sense Radio, The Meaning Connection, with your host, Mary Similuka, and frequent contributor, Alexander Vesley. Friday afternoons at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. 
The title of the book, Obama Sutra, Volume 1, Insults for Special Occasions. And the author calls himself the Doctor of Common Sense. He's Ilya Katz. Welcome, Doctor. Welcome to Author Talk. Thank you very much for inviting me. I am pleased to have opportunity to introduce my book, Obama Sutra Illustrated, more than 1,000 conservative, political, truthful, straight affairism, and uh, more than 100 original, very sharp cartoons. I hope people will enjoy this well, and uh, please don't read this before night. It's too scare, <laughs> but it's naked truth. It's the naked truth. Naked truth. Generally, every country needs one small boy. You remember uh, old fairy tales and crooks made the imagination great clothing for king, and it was nothing. It remains socialism. Lack of promises. And only one small boy Put a finger and say, look at that, king is naked. Any society needs such boy. I'm a boy, and I put my finger. And I put my finger, and I tell the truth in very entertaining, satirical, humoristic method. So... Well, you're 76 years young, and you were brought up uh, in the Soviet Union. You call yourself a political refugee. Tell us about what it was like living there and how you ended up going to a concentration camp for over eight years. Well, you to time self, you call yourself, first of all, a doctor of the common sense, I don't call myself, people call me, particular people who read my book. The second, well, I am not calling myself prisoner of conscience and freedom fighter. I am freedom fighter, and I prove this even in the United States. I try to fight for freedom. And in the Soviet Union, I was a prisoner of conscience, I was director, but I got a very big mouth and sense of humor. And my sense of humor did not coincide with sense of humor of the Soviet rulers. I could not push them out, for example, send them to the moon because they are loonies, but uh, they could push me out from the country, and I am very pleased then in Italy, before then I got to United States, consul shake my hands and gave all my family green cards. And he said, welcome, Ilya, we need such people as you in United States. That's my story. This is my duty for my new motherland to do my best for well-being of my country. You know what? I admire one saying of Abraham Lincoln, to stand in silence when they should be protesting makes cowards of the men. 
this is motto of my life. And if you will open Bible, you will see you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. This is beginning and ending of my book. And between between first letter of alphabet and last letter, you will see a lot of political cartoon. Generally, uh, you know, uh, who, uh, who learn how to bite will not leak. Uh, who writing aphorism don't appreciate socialism. So I believe personally that kindness is supposed to possess strong fist. And blown up authority are most afraid of sharp pin of a writer. And my book, it is electric current to the chair of the some people who put their good, uh, their well-being in front of their country. This is my contribution, contribution not deductible from taxes, to a fight for freedom. Well, it is 24-hour notion. So I personally believe when there is no satire permitted, concentration can't appear. My book of Amasutra is a Bible of satirical aphorism, the largest in the world of its type. Maybe it can help conservatives to win back America. So... If you throw such sharp aphorism from my book, The Window of the White House, I believe the glass will crack. So I'm criticizing our country to bear wounds. I put on them the salt of sarcasm, but not to deceive. Well, if my reader will open about a sutra, she will start to think sharply, sharply, and more truthful. Abama Sutra is one of the funniest and kindest books about evil. It is not recommended to look into the muzzle of the loaded gun, but you try. Open Abama Sutra. And I got my experience, and my experience I concentrated in small two, three lines uh, ideas. And I am giving my wits. Uh, this is from wise about overwise. So I believe my readers will be wise and they will be interested in very, very unusual books. I guarantee no second this type of books in the world. It never was it's never now, but I'm also publishing seven more books in these months. And if you will read title, one book called Cats, it's my name, Cats versus Rats. Another book, Civil Servants or Evil Servants. You understand no prisoners, just naked truth. What else you would like to find out? Well, you've lived here for 36 years. You lived in Russia for 40 years. And, of course, had that terrible uh, 
condemnation in Russia and sent to a concentration camp because of your views that you wouldn't basically keep your mouth shut, I guess. Uh, do you see yeah. us, uh, and do you see the United States then going down this same road that we could end up like the Soviet Union? 100%. Uh, you know what? Uh, every person very deeply inside of his heart has a dream to get a free cheese. But free cheese could be only in mousetrap. And, uh, you know, socialism uh, cares about a person as much as a train cares about the one it's just run over. You know, a lot of people won't promise them pie from the sky. They did not notice that pie on the leash, and end they will get leash but miss the sky. So therefore, in country, then 50% not working, and sitting on the couch and trying to get something from the government, something free cheese, they're forgetting the free cheese only in mousetrap. And generally, it's not cheese. It's whole from the cheese. And uh, who profited from free cheese? Mostly owner of the mousetrap. Therefore, I'm writing now a book about American exceptionalism. And, of course, if you have more time, so I would like to speak seriously, to prove scientifically what made America a great country, and why we have to, uh, you know, we have a slogan on NMBC, lean forward. I will make modification. I will modify this little slogan. If you want lean forward, first of all, lean backward to our founding others. This is the base of our society. Well, if somebody wants fundamentally uh, distract and remodel our society, we have to ask a question. What kind of fundament he wants to distract? Well, on this topic, I can speak 10 hours, particularly <laughs> if nobody will send me to concentration camp. Well, they can send me guys from IRS, also not very good. But I'm a poor refugee from Russia, and I donated my all money, all my, uh, in, in all my, um, Everything what I save for my retirement nest, I donated for my war chest, just to be hurt by people. So therefore, very soon, eight sharp books will be on the market. Read, enjoy, stay tall, and start to act. Because indifference, it's terrible cancer of our society. 
Indifference not only around us, it is inside of us. Indifference, multiculturalism, and politicorrectness could destroy our great society. It has happened before. Remember Roman Empire. But this is a special, special topic. It will take a couple hours. Well, you are. You have decided in addition to being a writer of many books and dedicating your life at this time of your life, at 76 years young, that you're going to run for the United States House of Representatives, District 20, in the state of Florida. Yes, and against very powerful person, chairwoman, David Wasserman Schultz. By the way, today I finished book, which called David Wander Schmutz. Schmutz on German and Yiddish, it is dirt. Satirical portrait of our politician. I call even more satirical portrait of our, oh, I became old a little bit, but I still have no Alzheimer's disease. Well, it will be also a lot of cartoons, very funny, nothing personal. I am not disgraced, uh, not Mr. Obama, not Mrs. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I'm just fighting with these, with their ideas. And therefore, uh, I believe that Debbie Wasserman Schultz, our serial politician, will be very bad for our country. Very bad. She's a playing tape recorder. She's a rubber stamp. Does not matter where we'll take her boss. She's a lieutenant of the platoon where the captain, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. You will see very soon who is Mr. Obama. Now it's a little bit odor. If she will win, you will have a main course. Yes, sir. I'm ready for your next question. What I'd like to ask you, we only have about a minute also. Are most people asleep then or need to wake up here in the United States? Are they asleep, don't realize the road we're on? Check how many people go on Twitter of Lady Gaga or some other funny Twitters. And how many people interested seriously in politics? They sure it can happen with anybody. It could happen with Russia, Cuba, Germany. It uh, could happen historically with the Roman Empire when society was divided. Uh, but it cannot happen in America. We Americans. Well, I afraid. I afraid. In God we trust, but we have to work by ourselves. So this is my book about open your eyes, make your independent, uh, intelligent decision, and when you go to vote, forget about party, forget about crowd, forget about shared, you staying alone. 
but personally responsible for your country. Your country not complete without you, without your voice. Think, make decision, and vote right. How do we get your and book? You can buy Obama Sutra. You can go on my site www.obamasutrabook.com obamasutrabook.com Well, yes, we, sir. we really appreciate having you with us, the Doctor of Common Sense, Ilya Katz. Thank you so much for joining us on iUniverse Radio. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And because I will see God before you, I will give you a good reference. <laughs> God bless you. God bless America. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You're listening to iUniverse Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Show me the money! Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on Toginet. Hey, moms, juggle your hats with our mom of many hats, Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Moms are always juggling their hats. And sometimes it's easy for moms to forget their value when life calls for switching from role to role. But the ability to juggle so many hats is priceless. She is never just a mom. She's a decision maker, coordinator, creative genius, counselor, a friend, an authority, and a leader in her household. On Mom of Many Hats Radio, we'll be talking about the hats that you as a mom juggle. We'll acknowledge your importance and support in helping you and all moms to not just defend your value, but to believe in your value. For more on the show and Angie, check out her website, azmamaminihats.com. She is a strong woman. She is powerful. She is wonderful. And she is valuable. Mom of Many Hats with Angie Mazzillo. Friday afternoons at 5 Eastern, 4 Central on the Mom to Mom Network. Welcome back to iUniverse Radio with host Steve Jorgensen. The title of the book, A Lost generation and the author is Ronald S. Zimney and Ron joins us now on iUniverse Radio. Hello Ron. Hello. Good to have you with us. We're going to talk about your book uh, A Lost Generation dealing with oh, uh, Vietnam era's warriors post-war confessions and ultimate redemption as you put it and of course the uh, the, the effects of combat in the veterans' post-war years. Uh, this is a very serious matter. It, uh, even though this is fiction, this is uh, zeroing in on the problems that Vietnam veterans uh, had and probably still have today. 
tell us why you wrote the book. Well, it was a result of the confessions of men uh, that men made to me uh, when I was traveling around the United States in uh, our um, pickup camper. Uh, I had an uh, American Legion emblem in the rear window of the camper. And uh, from time to time, somebody would follow me into the campsite, you know, where I was setting up. And then they would... Uh, start talking about the Vietnam War, and uh, they just picked up on the fact that I must be a veteran because I had that American Legion emblem in my camper, and uh, it didn't take too long before I realized that uh, this guy had been over there and was having some problems, and uh, so I would listen, and I just, I wouldn't be judgmental, and uh, uh, I got all the material in this book pretty much from the stories that these men told me. And I just thought that uh, that story should be told, and that's what this book is all about. Well, let's talk a little bit about Roger. He is the one of the main characters. He is the Vietnam vet. Now, what makes him tick? What He's got an explosive temper as well? Right. Uh, he has an explosive temper, and probably, as he admits to uh, uh, Sheriff Thompson, uh, the reason why he has survived and hasn't committed suicide is because he didn't have a childhood to speak of. And uh, he just didn't have anything when he come back from Vietnam and all the criticism. Uh, he, did, he hadn't had any real experience with a good life to uh, compare with. And uh, he feels that that's why he has survived to the uh, point he has. Now, he is attracted to Lily, and uh, let's see, Lily Larson, and she's 10 years older than him, and she is uh, very attracted to him and, and kind of understands a little bit about him, but still, she's very enamored by him. Uh, yes, and uh, it's just uh, an attraction, you know, kind of a love at first sight thing. And, uh, of course, uh, Lily has an opportunity to find out more about him because uh, a good friend of hers uh, works for him and has worked for him for many years. So she's able to use that source and uh, find out more about him, uh, which probably keeps her from being scared away from him. And she also sees a very tender side to him, doesn't she? Right. She understands that there's more here than a killer. And, of course, uh, one of the, I guess, one of the scenes where it kind of reinforces this was something that happens with a Cub Scout. What's that? Uh, yes, there was a, I, she had the Cub Scouts on tour through a museum for uh, displays there, and uh it was a uh, display uh, desecrating the American flag, and uh, which displays during that era were quite common, that uh, anti-Vietnam uh, war displays. And uh, so when this Cub Scout is crying, because he doesn't understand why that desecration is taking place, and uh, 
so uh, Roger kind of writes the situation for the whole group. And, uh, of course, he naturally is a hero to these Cub Scouts. Is this where he throws a chair? Uh, it's a park bench. He throws a, uh, it's a heavy park bench because it's a plate glass window, and he throws the park bench through the window, and he removes the flag from the display and gives it to the Cub Scouts. Mm. Well, this has a obviously a real emotional edge throughout this whole book of trying to uh, better understand what the Vietnam vets were going through. Is that one of your themes? Right. This is to give, uh, I'm hoping to give the people uh, a front seat view and uh, actually try to make the decisions that these people had to make uh, you know, and understand what they were up against and uh, better understand uh, why they reacted uh, the way they did because there is so much information out there about the Vietnam veterans that's false, uh, for instance, that they were, you know, heavy drug users and all that. Well, uh, when you inspect the truth of the matter, none of that stuff holds up. Uh, they were heavy alcohol users, especially after the war was over with. Um, more than their share of alcoholism, also more than their share of suicides. Uh, 58,000 died in Vietnam, two and a half times that many committed suicide after the war was over with. And uh, I'm hoping that this book is kind of a redemption of what most people know, especially the younger generation, about this uh, generation of warriors. Well, this uh, journey that Lily and Roger embark on, uh, you, you talk about how this journey of creating a diverse family of rejected individuals. Now, Roger obviously feels very rejected. Are there others in the family that feel that way? Well, uh, they actually acquired them by uh, they were abandoned children. And uh, they acquired them and, and took them into their home and uh, and made a family with them. And... Uh, uh, Against the traditions of the time, uh, Roger just doesn't like to uh, normally follow, accept it. Uh, he, he doesn't like to do the things the way the government wants him to do it. And this also is due to his experience in Vietnam. If he thinks he's got a better way, he's going to do it his way. And... Uh, so this is how they uh, procure their family. They don't go through the traditional methods. And uh, they raise them to adulthood. You have some uh, strong feelings about different uh, issues, and uh, you ask some very uh, strong questions. Uh, for example, you ask the question, what causes all the little wars we're involved in? Uh, why do you ask that? Well, it uh, it seems to me that we don't understand that uh, too much of that is caused by poor leadership, and I'm seeing a lot of poor leadership today. It gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, President Eisenhower, when he left office, he warned, uh, beware of the military-industrial complex. And I believe that the uh, military-industrial complex had a lot to do with uh, profiteering uh, during the Vietnam War, and, and uh, that's what it was all about, because uh, our soldiers won every battle, and yet 
uh, history records us as losing the war. So, you know, there, there's a reason for everything. You know, it, it, there's just too much there that you to believe that this was just circumstance. It just happened. I know uh, a lot of this was planned. So as one of your messages, your talking points in your book, uh, very little of politics is as it appears. Right, right. There's always uh, uh, always something else behind it. Uh, you, you know, it's never the reason that the public is going to read in the paper or hear on the news. Uh, there's other, um, uh, other events that uh, cause decisions to be made the way they are. And you put it very bluntly, we get the government we deserve. Exactly, exactly, because when we are uh, uh, too lazy to be informed about the candidates running for public office, uh, we keep voting the same criminals in day, uh, you know, year after year after year. Uh, the founders intended it to be a citizen government. Uh, they never felt that anyone would ever do more than one term in office. Uh, but uh, we allowed uh, them to uh, uh, change the rules so that uh, the politicians can enrich themselves in office. Uh, most of them, uh, you know, uh, arrive at their first term by not even paying off their advertising debts to get into office, and then after 20, 30 years in office, they leave office millionaires. Something wrong with this picture. <laughs> That's not the way our government was intended to operate. So we need to always listen to both sides of any policy. Uh, correct, because uh, a lot of opportunity has been overlooked, even as uh, with World War II, for instance. Um, uh, our scientists had informed uh, uh, President Roosevelt that uh, if he would help England and France hold the Germans off, uh, they would win the war from Coney Island. Now, this probably seems like an exaggeration, but in essence, it probably could have been done uh, had they listened to him. But uh, Roosevelt didn't really trust smart people. And uh, when Einstein wrote him the letter, uh, uh, giving him the formula E equals MC squared for the nuclear bomb, uh, they decided that they would go with the bomb but they were only going to spend money researching and developing a bomb. They weren't going to spend any money researching and developing a delivery system, and this is where the Coney Island scenario comes in. Uh, we developed a bomb, and then we allowed our men in World War II another full week of killing to go on in Japan while we modified uh, B-29 bomber to hold that bomb. Now, the British had a bomber that would hold that bomb, but the U.S. politicians were darned if they were going to allow a British bomber to drop the first nuclear bomb. So the decision was made, our boys will die for another week until we can get a bomber uh, converted to carry the bomb. And... It, this kind of stuff goes on in a lot of wars, uh, especially these here little firefights we're getting into now. And then, then when they overran uh, the German rocketry at uh, Paramundi, 
the German scientists, they were just amazed that they wanted to find out from the Germans about rocketry because they said that all their knowledge of, rock, uh, of rocketry came from libraries in Iowa and Nebraska. And it was easy to get into these libraries because there weren't any you know, real big defense industries there. And uh, they got all of their rocketry information from Dr. Goddard. Well, Dr. Goddard was an American scientist who was working on rocketry, but our government wouldn't give him the time of day. So uh, the Germans were working on a delivery system, but they had a problem developing the nuclear bomb because uh, their physicists had miscalculated and uh, Einstein had said, well, we need uh, a ball of fissional material about the size of a grapefruit to get a chain reaction. And uh, the Germans, of course, all the physicists were Jewish, all the great physicists. And, well, you know what their feelings were toward the Jews, so they didn't have Jewish physicists. And Einstein was a Jew. <laughs> but anyway... Their physicists had miscalculated and said that they needed a ball of fissional material the size of a basketball. Well, just imagine how many grapefruits you can put inside of a basketball. That's why the Germans didn't simultaneously work on the nuclear bomb. They were working on it, but not to the degree that we were working on it. They knew that it was possible also. But they, had, uh, they ended up with the V-2 rocket, which was you know, a, uh, an intercontinental rocket, and uh, so they had the delivery system. They just didn't have a nuclear weapon to put on it. We're talking with Ronald S. Zimney. He is the author of his book, A Lost Generation. Ron, tell us how to get your book. Uh, it's, uh, at my understanding, it's going to be offered in several bookstores. I, the package I bought through iUniverse uh, was guaranteed sales, so I don't know why every bookstore that wants to sell it wouldn't take it. Uh, they're not going to be stuck with any unsold copies. And uh, it also, uh, in the front of the book, if uh, there is an address, and if they go to iUniverse.com, uh, they can uh, get all the information to uh, order the book online. Very good, Ron. We appreciate you being with us on iUniverse Radio. Thank you. You're welcome. iUniverse Radio is brought to you by iUniverse, the leading book marketing, editorial services, and supported self-publishing company. iUniverse Radio is produced by TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge.